Hello everybody, this is Sasha, and today we're going to continue exploring the world of D&D. Specifically, we're going to explore the playable race uh, in, an Eb- in the Eberron campaign known as the Warforged. Now, the Warforged are the robots or androids of the D&D world, and the name comes from the fact that they were created and mass-produced for a war that has now ended, uh, and they are now searching for their purpose in the world. I'll go over the quick history. The Warforged were manufactured by House Caneth and sold as soldiers to every nation in the last war. House Caneth became the strongest house economically and politically because they acted as arms dealers to all the other nations and houses during the war. If you want to know more about Eberron, use Google. There's a lot of history there and I can't go over it in 15 minutes. Now, at the end of the war, the Treaty of Thronehold was passed, which gave Warforged the same rights as humans, and it outlawed, outlawed the use of creation forges, which are the eldritch machines that were used to create the Warforged for 31 years. I'm going to quickly go over their physical traits and personalities and culture, and then we can dive into making one of our own Warforged. Now, Warforged are robots that were tools of war, and they have now gained free will. Uh, physically, they are made up of stone, wood, and metal. Their skeleton is stone, while their muscles are wood and metal fibers. Um, their outer layer is a protective metal is protective metal and stone. They have an internal network of tubes, kind of like organs, that run throughout their whole body. And these tubes are filled with an alchemical blood-like fluid uh, that is de- designed to lubricate and nourish their system, just like our bodily fluids. Um, their hands have only two thick fingers and a thumb, and their feet only have two broad toes. So those are very st- distinct markers of Warforged. Uh, the Warforged faces loosely re- resemble human faces, because humans were their creators. Um, however, they have a toothless jaw, a heavy brow line, and don't have any noses or hair. Uh, each Warforged comes with a Gulra, which is the Dwarven word for truth, uh, engraved on their foreheads. A Gulra is a, like a rune, and each of these runes is unique to that Warforged. Uh, it gives them a sense of indivi- individuality. No two Gulra are the same. Uh, each Warforged emerges from the Creation Forge with one. And it's kind of a mystery as to why each one is different, but it's, it's very much like a, a fingerprint. Uh, the Warforged are sexless. Uh, they can identify as whatever sex they want to on the spectrum, but I think they go by they, typically. Um, it's not something that's of much concern to them because they don't procreate in the same manner as other species. The Warforged do have souls. I think this is something that's uh, it's kind of a mystery even to DMs whether when you have a character... Uh, because soul magic is involved in your campaign suddenly, or like the creation of other Warforged, uh, the question of souls comes up fairly quickly. They do have souls. Um, in fact, they could be that these souls are the reason why the Gulra, the rune on their forehead, is unique to each one. That is like a soul marker. Um, personalities. Uh, first off, the... 
Tabula Rasa completely applies to the Warforged. They are born with a clean slate. They have no inherited beliefs. They have no knowledge at all. So naturally, they don't have any bias. Uh, much like a child, they only learn and they only know what their masters teach them. Um, they are they are completely impressionable. They are super naive and they don't they won't doubt or question things within their when the first first right after the creator they will believe anything they are told. Uh, so they are like like a child, completely impressionable, which is what made them such great soldiers in the last war. Uh, because they are constructs, they are limited in their ability to show facial expressions. Um, but these that doesn't mean they still they still have the same uh, a range of emotions as humans. Uh, one way that they they show this is that their eyes will burn really bright because they they don't have pupils and corneas. What they have is a a eldritch light that glows where their eyes should be, and that light will glow very intensely. When they're feeling a strong emotion, um, there's no set, strict set of rules as to what color that has to be when you're feeling a certain emotion. So that is up to your creative freedom. I know a lot of people when when a creature is feeling very angry, they will burn red. If they're feeling very passionate, they might burn green or blue. You know, so or if they're feeling very sad, it might be a dark black or a purple. You can do whatever you want with this. This is this is one of the beautiful things about D and D. It's creative freedom. Um, much like humans, within this range of personality, you can come across Warforged that are childlessly naive, even if they've been around for a long time. Or you can find some that are deeply philosophical. Um, some are very shy and introspective, while others are extremely chatty and won't shut up. They will constantly remark on everything they observe, almost oblivious to the fact that they're being annoying. Um, despite having any personality you kind of want to give them, uh, inherently every Warforged will have two traits. Um, and those two traits are that they are very loyal and they are workaholics. Uh, this is because they were designed for labor and war. And most of them still find purpose and fulfillment by doing tasks. Uh, making goals and completing these goals, those are, are essential to your personality. Um, they are loyal to a fault. And this is initially because they were tools and servants and soldiers. And they served masters or they served different houses. However, in this new age of freedom, most find loyalty to employers. They will not you know, work for free, even though they enjoy working. They will still want to make a living wage. Uh, they might also find loyalty to a small group organization such as a guild or a D&D party. And they have uh, recently discovered religion. I shouldn't say discovered. Uh, with their freedom, I guess they have a, a addressed religion. It was of no importance to them when they were just soldiers. Um, they kind of see religion as the, as the same as serving a master who doesn't give instructions, um, which can be frustrating to some because uh, it makes no sense to worship a deity when they don't get direct instructions back. They, they kind of they enjoy getting instructions because they enjoy work. Um, however, that doesn't mean that they can't become part of a religious order and um, 
become paladins and clerics. It's less common for them to become leaders of a, of a religious order. Um, doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, and even though it's uncommon for them to be paladins and clerics, it doesn't mean they aren't sought after for those positions. Because of their vigilance and because of their sturdiness, their kind of uh, their reputation for being good fighters, organizations would naturally want them around. There, it's a good defender. It's a it's kind of like an insurance policy of keeping people from messing with you. Um, they uh, have this feature where they will start to experience a sort of restless anxiety if they go too long without something to do. And since they have no need for sleep and or food, they are instead these tireless workhorses who are obsessed with being productive. If you have a warforged in your party, you should make sure they are preoccupied while the rest of the party is resting, uh, or when you're not around. Otherwise, that is going to be a prime opportunity for the warforged to go off and get into trouble. Not intentional, mind you, it's just their nature. Um, let's get into building a warforged, if this is the kind of character you want to play. Because it is a really cool race, uh, and something I have yet to get to play, but I have had one in my campaign, and it was a really cool character. Uh, base stats, you get a plus two to constitution, and plus one to any other ability. Um, constitution, naturally, because of the material you're made of, you're just a sturdy, sturdy dude. Um, age, you can be anything under the age of 30. And this is not negotiable if you're playing that Bron campaign, unless you're playing outside that timeline, simply because they've only been manufactured for... 30 years. However, with this, you don't show any signs of aging. Uh, the changes to your body are only those that you have uh, have as a result of fighting or augmentations that you've made to yourself. And then that also means mental aging. Your, your mental sharpness has not gone down. If anything, it's increased over time. You, uh, you continue to learn and your, none of your uh, facilities seem to be dulled over the years. <clears throat> uh, size and height. Uh, since you were built for a purpose, you either you know you were a soldier or a worker. You had you had an occupation that you were designated for when you were built. Um, that kind of determines what your height is, but doesn't mean you don't have the freedom to choose. Um, a lot of people use you know randomness roll die to determine their height, and if you want to apply this, the simple method is to start off with a baseline of five foot ten. And then you roll two six-sided dice, and you add that amount in inches. Um, you can do the same with uh, weight. You start off at base 270 pounds, and uh, then add four times your previous roll of two dice, two two-sided, or two two six-sided dice. <clears throat> uh, your speed is like other creatures. You move 30 feet on land, walking. Uh, you have some special traits because you're not, you know, an organic creature. Or you're, you're built, not not bred, we should say. Uh, you are created to have a remarkable fortitude. And this comes in the presence of uh, constructed resilience. You have advantage on saving throws against being poison, poisoned. And you have resistance to poison damage. Which means if you do get poisoned, you only take half damage. Um, you don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. That's actually a big one. Uh, you're immune to disease. That's great. That's something that typically 
you know, paladins and clerics uh, get at third level. Uh, you don't need to sleep, and magic can't put you to sleep. That is massive. Uh, you have an ability called Sentry's Rest. When you take a long rest, you must spend at least six hours in an inactive, motionless state. But rather than sleeping in the state, you appear inert. Uh, it doesn't render you unconscious, and you can see and hear as normal. Uh, you have the ability of integrated protection. Your body has a built-in uh, your body has built-in defensive layers, which can be enhanced with armor. You can gain a plus one to your armor class. Uh, you can don armor with which you have proficiency, but to don the armor, you must incorporate it into your body over the course of one hour, during which you must remain in contact with the armor. To take off the armor, you must spend one hour removing it. Uh, you can rest while donning or removing armor in this way. So it can be part of your long rest. Is big. I'm going to use this arm. I'm going to start adding armor, taking armor off. This is this part of the uh, augment augmentation ability of of Warforge. Uh, specialized design. You can gain one skill proficiency and one two proficiency of your choice. Any, any, because you were designed for a purpose, and because you were designed for that purpose, you would naturally have, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, more skill at doing it. And language. You can speak, read, and write common, and one other language of your choice. Now, a lot of these uh, traits are similar to human. Uh, the ones that stand out are naturally due to uh, your build because of what you're physically made of the, the wood, the stone, and the metal uh, what kind of people should play a Warforged uh, this is not my idea, this is my opinion it, if you hear this and get discouraged but still want to play with Warforged, go ahead and do it this is, this is not me saying that only certain types of people can play um, but I would say anyone who wants to specialize in a martial fighting class um, Warforged are natural fighters with weapons and without um, so, fighters, soldiers, warriors, um, barbarians, uh, you can also still be a rogue, mind you, it's a little more difficult because you're a big heavy machine. Uh, you can be a druid, rangers, excellent rangers, especially if you want to be the, the, the warforged who is trying to discover themselves, or discover the world, or discover your place. It is a natural fit to be a, a, a ranger, because at the same time you are fulfilling that role of I need something to do. I want to be of service to other people, and while I still want to also discover who I am and where I fit in society, the ranger is like almost this like natural role that uh, Warforged can fall into. You can also be a monk. Uh, that is, this is also a it might not seem like it, but a natural path for a Warforged to take after being at war for so long and suddenly given freedom and without really. Your purpose hasn't really been defined in this age. You are the, like the first generation of free warforged. Uh, to become a monk and and search for purpose is is a natural. In fact, there is a a book series, and I'm blanking on the name of it now, where one of the primary characters is a warforged monk. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, clerics and paladins can also be warforged. Um, Naturally, you just you have higher defense and typically good offense. You are a balanced martial character. You can also play as an artificer in Warforged, and uh, I won't get too deep into that. But that is a unique combination. It is like to put it bluntly, it's like 
when Frankenstein's monster decides a he will you know make himself a bride when the the creation becomes the creator in a sense. Um, there are three uh, sub races. It's funny how race and class works with Warforged, but I'll say that the three sub races are Juggernaut, Skirmisher, and Envoy. Uh, these different builds allow you to have a range of abilities. Um, you can be a skirmisher and an envoy if you want to get more into like the rogue path or the arcane path. So you can still play a magic user if, or a, a magic class, arcane class, if you are a warforged. Ultimately, as a new race, you can play your warforged any way you want. And I think that is the the most attractive element of being a Warforged, that you are not bound by cultural or racial restrictions. Um, you're not even ge geographically tied to anything. Um, but it's it's common in campaigns for you to fall into this role that many Star Wars droids fall into, in which that you are constantly coming along on the misadventures of your friends and party members, and they often turn to you for your functionality instead of your personality. It's your job as a player to let the world know you're not just a horse without a master. You are not just a useless soldier or a tool without a purpose. You are a member of a sentient free-willed race, and as a new race in this world, you forge your own destiny. I hope you enjoyed this, and until we talk again, see ya.